0: And uh, that book is based on roughly 12 years of my experience with these invocations. I've done them for thousands of people. And um, the premise here is that each human has a higher self, uh, the spiritual part that created their human part. Um, And if you just ask that higher self to help you out, hey, would you please give me a deeper spiritual awakening? I've got this problem. Would you please heal me? Uh, I'd like to flow some helpful energy to someone else. Would you do that for me? Um, There's a particular energy I'd like to call in. Would you bring it to me? If you just literally make those requests with, you know, using 10 words or less and then relaxing, your higher self will literally do that for you every time. And the book describes all the details of that and gives a lot of stories of people who've used them um the book is in all forms now it's an ebook paperback hardcover and i just put an audiobook out a few days before recording this so uh, it's in every format a person could ask for now (laughs) and uh, my great joy is um helping people because you know there's so much challenge in the world today so many people are having so many problems even the most spiritually awakened people i know are going through stuff and if you learn that wow i don't have to navigate this just for my ego i've actually got this being that created me That's always watching out for me that genuinely wants to help me only has my best interests at heart loves me unconditionally. And I can literally ask this part of me for so much help and it can do for me all these things better than I could ever hope to do them for myself, just for my own ego. That's kind of the premise of that work. And that's the, uh, the, the technique I'm so excited to share. And again, we'll give people enough here on this episode. They wouldn't have to ever buy the book or anything, but there's also you mentioning resources on my Uh, site that are free. People can kind of get the basics down. But I just, you know, mostly today want to give the concepts and so people can understand that they've got this amazing resource they might not have known about or might not have optimized.
1: Wow. So it's essentially like a, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's essentially like a short prayer. What's the difference between a prayer and this?
0: Well, these are invocations and um, they're kind of like prayer but they have a special flavor. Uh, I think of invocations as the most rapid, efficient, and effective way to get a state shift. Um, for example, the one we'll be doing a little bit later, uh, the invocation for Embodied Awakening, which means not just I'm spaced out and you know non-functional, but I'm actually calling my awakening into my body, so it is functional and with me all the time, ideally. Um, That's the game changer I'm talking about. And that's like eight words. Um, There's a healing invocation that's only seven words. And of course, you can use alternate phrasings. But what I've tried to do, you know, I'm all about simplicity. I've worked lots of complicated paths over my 63 years, and I'm sick of them. I want something that works quick and easy and that anyone can do with a minimum of time and effort. So these are amazingly fast, amazingly powerful And I've literally had hundreds of people tell me that these quick, simple little tools are the most effective thing they've ever found for self-healing and self-awakening.
1: Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So could you give us an example so people can wrap their heads around what an invocation kind of looks like? Sure.
0: Um, There's two foundational ones. The, the, The simplest phrasing I've worked out, if you want to call in your embodied awakening, you would say maximum embodied awakening that serves highest good please. Uh, you're talking to your higher self, obviously. And Say then it again. I couldn't hear the it, last part. Again, maximum
1: Awakening. Sorry.
0: Maximum Embodied Awakening. That serves highest good, please. Just
1: like so,
0: that. Yeah. So maximum means give me as much as I can handle. And to the greatest extent that serves highest good. That that serves highest good, please. Says, but not too much. <laughs> um, the, the amazing thing, even the healing invocations I give, people can actually you know, get healing on some of the most profound traumas they've ever had. And I've never had anyone report overwhelm because when your higher self doing it for you, it, it's watching you carefully and it's, it says, okay, well, if that's a really major trauma, let's take it a layer at a time. Let's not give you too much of it. So unlike other systems where you have to titrate and only feel a certain amount of the trauma with these invocations, you can call it and feel everything hundred percent that's coming up it may be intense, it'll never be too much. And in the same way, if you call an awakening, you're not going to get just knocked out and non-functionally blissed out. You know, you're not going to like just go, oh, I can't do anything. It's like, this is an awakening that is pragmatic, it's functional. Yes, it can be blissful and ecstatic and all that, but you're, you're still able to do everything you need to do here in your regular life even better, and it's a lot more fun. And you don't have to follow a guru or a special diet. There's no... No restrictions or requirements at all. You just have to be willing to call in your higher self to do something for you, and then be passive enough to let it do it. And the amazing thing, too, the people who've done the embodied awakening a lot—I've got one guy in the UK who's like been it every day for over ten years, and he still swears by it. Um, you get the awakening in five or ten seconds. You know, maybe, wow. maybe the first time or two, you might it might take a little longer, so you can get the feel of how to receive it. If, you know, if you're open fully and you call it in, it you can literally happen the instant you finish the words. you're just there. There's no amount of time the awakening has to take. Um, if, if it's taking a little longer than that, it's because you yourself are not fully opening to it or you've got little blocks that have to be flushed away so the higher self can get in there more fully. Also, um, a, corollary, a corollary is my belief now is that awakening is infinite. I don't know if there is such a thing as a final awakening. Um, you know, I had a big lock in awakening back in 2012, and it, the ecstasy of that was just so far off the charts. I honestly wondered if I'd have I hit the jackpot, am I all the way in? Because this is, I didn't know bliss like this was possible. And I've had so many awakenings since then, that, that first one that seems so extraordinary, you know, is, is is very mild compared to some of the states I'm getting into now.
1: And uh-huh. if
0: I, a person who had no spiritual sensitivity, couldn't feel a thing for so many years, and struggled for decades to have any kind of meaningful spiritual experience. If I can get into that level of sensitivity and depth, you know, my, my feeling is, man, if a slow starter like me could do it, then anybody should be able to, who's really wanting to do it.
1: Wow. Well, so I have a question. So people can wrap their heads around the awakening aspect of it. It's an experience. Uh-huh. Can you, what, what does it feel like? What, you know, what is more about the awakening itself?
0: All right. So tricky. Um, uh, I'll, I'll quote Adyashanti, who's a great non-dual awakening teacher. He says, I'm about to talk about spiritual awakening, which of course cannot be described, so I know I'm going to fail, but I'll fail as well as I can. <laughs> so with that in mind, um, the, the qualities that are pretty reliable and consistent if you're actually in embodied awakening are, I kind of mentioned these earlier, but let me say them more clearly. Uh, when you're fully in the state, there is more harmony, flow, ease, and grace. Everything you are responsible for, you do more responsibly and more joyfully. Instead of having to figure things out so much mentally, you have much better intuition and you just know what to do a lot more. And there's also this full-body euphoria. Wow. Those are the, the simplest ways that are to describe the distinctions between that even starter awakening state versus what most people have as their ordinary consciousness.
1: Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So, so that's the awakened state. It's almost like an ego death kind of thing. not a- at
0: all. Not at all. No, no. In fact, in my book, I say, you don't want to kill your ego. You want to housebreak it. <laughs> I use the analogy of a puppy. It's, you know, when you first get a puppy, it's running all around the house. It's humping your leg. It's pissing on the floor. You know, it's kind of out of control. Most egos are like that. And when Mm -hmm. I started getting really seriously deeper into my spiritual awakening, at first my ego fought it because, ah, I want to run this. I've always run this. It's not safe if I don't run it. What I discovered when I would, you know, for just even a moment, allow my higher self to get in there. I use the metaphor of it driving, you know, your body's a car when you're in embodied awakening, your ego voluntarily moves to the passenger seat and your divine drives. And then all those things I mentioned a moment ago start happening. Uh, And my ego said, you know what, this is kind of nice. This is a lot easier. I don't have to make all the decisions. I don't have to go through all these mental machinations to figure stuff out. Uh, it, this feels nicer. It's it's more harmonious. It's you know the, the just there's a bliss that starts to arise. And I said, you know what? This is really good. And uh, as a as a reality check, you know, I've worked with over ten thousand clients as an astrologer and shamanic healer and life coach, and hundreds of them, I've gotten into the intuition conversation. I say, well, when you get an intuitive hit, do things go better when you follow it or when you don't? And to a person, they've all said, ultimately it goes better when I follow my intuition. And that's that's just, you can take that one to the bank. And that's the higher self. You know, My belief is that those intuitive hits, those just know it in your bones or know it in your gut kind of moments, come from your higher self, the very being that set up your lifetime is watching you all the time. And it's like, I'm not allowed to make you do anything, you got free will, but I can drop hints, right? And by following the hints, people's lives, now there may be a little short term you know, disruption while you get out of one mode and into another or make a significant shift. But once the dust has settled, people say, yeah, I'm now in a better place than before I made the change. And if that that part that, you know, when you're not away can only send you the occasional blip. If that's driving, if that is your actual consciousness, then, you know, all of a sudden, as I say in the book, if you, if you make a lot of decisions, you could literally save hours a day just on decision-making. Because if you just know intuitively just what to do and you're doing it, you didn't have to spend one or two hours thinking about it and, you know, and logically coming to the conclusion, you know, that's a massive time saver right there. And that's just one of the benefits. Um, not another- to mention the, the
1: compounding effect. Cause it's like, it's not only the best thing it's going to be, it's like the best thing, you know, taking in consideration like all the future. So it's like, it's not just the best thing in the moment it's the best thing for, you know, Is it going to be the the best cause and effect uh, chain in the long term as well, right?
0: I believe. And, you know, I I think of a timeline as now, 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 and now, you know. You know, you can think in terms of past and future, but really there's only ever just this moment right here. And if Mm -hmm. you're optimizing this moment always you know, and I don't know a better way to live any given moment than from that awakened state where, you know, it feels better, and it's more efficient, and it's working better, then obviously, the future is going to be better, because that's a future now that's going to be more wonderful, because you're operating it more consciously.
1: Got it, got it. So I'm really curious, like, how do you how did you come to, you know, come up with this? Like, can you give us a little backstory? What led to all this?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was in an ayahuasca ceremony. Uh, it was a New Year's Eve ceremony. It was 2010 into 2011, a weekend. And on the second night, uh, I was just doing a regular ceremony experience. And out of nowhere, the invocation just dropped into my head out of the blue. I totally wasn't expecting them. And all of a sudden, Ayahuasca was telling me, you know what? You can use this phrase and it'll wake you up. You can use this phrase and it'll heal you. I said, really? Let me try that. And oh. I was I was in the ceremony. I tried it and you know, I did the embodied awakening invocation. And just like that, I was awake. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was so clear. And after the ceremony, I thought, well, that was amazing. I went and there was this lady to my left i had been talking to before and I said, hey, I just got this amazing invocation to for awakening. Would you like to try it? She said, sure. What is it? I I led her through it and she said she woke up within a few seconds of doing it. And then there were three people around the corner watching me talk to her I said, hey, can we do that? I said, sure. And it led them and they all woke up, right? So, so not the most fair trial cause we're all still under the influence of ayahuasca. Right. Uh, but since then, then I started doing it with just regular folks who n- like never even meditated or never taken any psychedelics and it was working for them too. And in the year since having literally done these invocations now with thousands, it's worked for literally over 99% of them. Occasionally I'll get someone who doesn't, you know, feel anything, it, but the vast majority, they feel it really quickly. And, um, you know, I've been a spiritual, you know, searcher for over 45 years, it's been most of my life, and I've explored a lot of paths and, and delved into a lot of techniques, and I have not found one that is as quick and efficient for self-healing and self-awakening as these invocations are, and they're free, you can do them anytime, it's like, you know, amazing, so my, my life mission now, as the main thing I'm doing, is how many people can I alert to this wonderful tool? And whether they get it on, you know, from this podcast or the little free course on my site, which is, you know, you go to awakening, I'm sorry, astroshama.com slash invocations. And there's a little free course there where I lead through the basic invocations and how to do a daily practice on them. The book, of course, goes into full depth on it. And you that is a little as $3.99 on Amazon, the ebook. Um, so I'm just trying to spread this amazing stuff. If, if people aren't into this, you know, fine, do your thing. We all got free will, but for those who are interested in finding a self guided system that, you know, has got a really great track record, you know, I invite them to check it out and see if it works for them. And again, by the time toward the end of this interview, I understand you're going to be letting me do a little quick five or seven minute process where the listener can actually experience this for themselves while they're listening to this podcast if they want to. Thanks.
1: Yes, exactly. So those invocations uh, came to you, to your mind, while you were doing, the ceremony. Mm-hmm. Those were all, they all of them came at once or did they came through different ceremonies? Or no, like no, it was just moments? one shot.
0: And, and she gave me the one for uh, awakening and the one for healing at that mm-hmm. point. And since then I developed the ones for there's four basic flavors of invocation so far anyway who knows what will come down the line there but you know the the bread and butter ones the ones that are just i think the most essential is the awakening and the healing and let me briefly there's two others but let me briefly explain why those work together so well um the way i i've observed as i've helped a lot of people on their path of healing and awakening in my various capacities that for most people the fastest way to deepen spiritual awakening is to do good shadow work and shadow work means i feel a trauma a a disturbing emotion and if instead of running away from it i turn around and i face it and i use a skillful method to heal it once and for all so it doesn't bother me anymore that that opens a deeper awakening and and the image i use for that is the great onion of consciousness so that higher self i've been talking about let's think of that as a big old ball of white light you know bliss ecstasy, euphoria feels great um but it's one level up in the spiritual level and now around it though are all these dark onion layers and each of these is an old wound or trauma maybe from this life maybe from a past life that hasn't been healed yet and all these dark layers dim the light now it's really bright and some always get through but if you, want a bright, if you want a deeper awakening, my premise is, you know, the awakening's already there waiting on you. You don't have to build an awakening. It's done. It's already, you know, waiting on you. But if you start peeling away the things that are in the way of it, then every layer you peel allows more of that divine light and consciousness in And, and doing even one good healing round, just healing one trauma well, I mean, that can create a profound altered state. Body makes its own chemicals, you know, and whoa, I just did that healing and I am just, you know, usually people at that point, my body feels more like energy than flesh. I am in a deep state of bliss or ecstasy. Um, and yet it's not a space out. It's like, wow, I'm feeling this amazing consciousness, and I'm still a hundred percent effective in the physical world. In fact, even more effective because I'm not as easily disturbed anymore. I can create, I can be a little more centered and calm, and and I've got this baseline consciousness. That has more euphoria in it it's like just amazing Mm -hmm. so wow and of course there are a million and one ways to get there um but you know in my at least and i in the book itself i say please if you know something works better let me know i'd love to hear about it because i'll if i find a better tool i'll drop this one and start you know talking about the other one but no one's ever come back to me with a diy method that works better than this
1: Wow. so you came the the first one came to you and kind of you understood kind of how it quote unquote, worked. And from there, you basically uh, made the, the different variations of it. Is that
0: right? Yeah, and I never got to the other two. Today. Let me come back. So again, the I wanted to give a little story because the healing and awakening invocations work as a team. And mm, the, right. the basic daily protocol would be, okay, if I want to use that embodied awakening invocation, you might like to do it first thing every morning, and stay passive enough to let it lock in, take a few seconds to be an embodied awakening, and then just refresh it if it slips. You know it's not a scheduled thing just oh i'm not feeling the uh, i've got mental chatter again i got challenging emotions which that invocation takes away and you just mm. repeat the words and be passive for a moment and let it kind of freshen up again um but if you get a, a big stir up you know a physical or emotional challenge that is not solved by that awakening invocation that's when you pull out the healing invocation mm. um the other two variations are there's one for i call it the hollow reed invocation where you can be the conduit for highest good energy for one or more other beings. And there's also a, um, let's see, I'll read, and the other one is, oh, the custom invocation, where you can literally call in any flavor of energy you want. I need more vitality. I need more uh, bliss. I need more, you know, mental sharpness, you know, whatever you want. You can say maximum fill in the blank that serves eyes good, please, and then relax and it will come right in, come down the pipe, and you'll be saturated immediately with as much of that as you can hold, and you're charged up and you go. Yeah, so those are the four basic flavors, awakening, healing, flowing to others, and calling in particular flavors of energy that you want, and it's all on tap up there just waiting to be called.
1: Wow, wow. Well, I'm excited to to do it. So, I want to touch a little bit into the concept of the higher self, because um, mm-hmm. some people uh, might you know want to know more about you know what do you mean the higher self made For me sure. like why is it higher self and it made me or with the same self, people get confused, right? So, I'm, mm-hmm. I I uh, I'll let you uh, you know explain it uh, as you understand it or you know sure. please, what do you mean by higher self?
0: Okay, um, think of um, Russian dolls. OK, so um, you you are your so I'm, I'm starting to get too complicated. Just to keep it really simple, you know, to be a human is like the lowest level of consciousness, you know, at, you know, of physical. Now, again, there's there's more primitive human forms, but more primitive physical forms. I'm sorry. But um, one level up from your human self is the higher self. Now, the human has an expiration date. It, if it's lucky, it'll last, you know, 80, 90 years. Okay. But the higher self is the ongoing consciousness. Some call it the soul. And my understanding again, I, I, this is just my understanding. I can't claim this is the absolute truth of it. But I believe the soul, you know, goes for billions of years from a human perspective. Of course, where it is, it's timeless. And the, the whole concept of years is meaningless anyway. Um, but it goes, it has many incarnations, and it doesn't just do human. You know, my understanding is it starts when you start off as a brand new soul, you're just elements for a while, fire, earth, air, water. Then after you have enough experience there, you become animals and plants and work like that. Then you work your way up to human, which is where we're at now. But, you know, that's just three levels out of seven. And then there's all these other. The next is the level of learning if you're on the path of love and light anyway. Uh, you learn subtle levels of unconditional love and that you know you might spend you know billions of years in those levels refining that then beyond that is the level of wisdom and learning just the refinements of wisdom then level six you put it all together love and wisdom combined and at that point you're ready to kind of blip out and go back to unity and start again and in the, in le- term- yeah, sorry, does
1: the levels relate to what people call like the astral planes or that's a
0: different thing no no it's just way beyond that okay this is like the the entire uh, functioning of a universe um mm. so so again this this is tricky to get into because it gets pretty pretty vast but you know a yeah. universe starts with a single point of consciousness and what we think of as the big Bang brings it all into form okay and then you know the the logos of you know the initiator says okay i make this universe and um let's see what happens kind of thing okay the only and i'm I'm drawing these ideas from uh, some channel material called the law of one uh oh, yeah. which is free online at law of if anyone wants to check it out it's pretty amazing material it's the best explanation of life the universe and everything i've found so far but you don't have to buy the law of one to do the invocations or you're because you're asking me a philosophical question and, and the invocation yeah. really practical but my my belief is um you know you go through many experiences as an evolving soul and you know, that's the, 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 the oneness, the logos, you know, that's just, you know, absolute bliss and oneness and ecstasy. but nothing happens there. You know, there's no contrast. And, and creator says, well, this is all blissful, but I, I want to do something, you know? So I need to project myself out into duality and have all these forms. So I'm going to split myself into all these vast number of parts and each part ha- plays kind of the same game. Okay. I go from full knowing and, and absolute consciousness into amnesia. I dropped down to a a much lower level and now I'm just an element and I need to work my way up through all the levels. And you get up to a human, which actually has cognition now and, and you try to understand things and, and then it's back. And then even as a human, you're born into this physical reality and much of what we're taught is not true. You know, we're in the realm of illusion and falsehood. And so for me, the process of awakening layer by layer, getting beyond what the group think is oh oh, I see the illusion of that now. I'm, I'm beyond that. But, you know, I've, I've woken up out of many layers of illusion and falsehood, but, you know, I have no way of knowing how many layers of illusion and falsehood I'm still caught in, right? <laughs> it's an infinite journey, right? So you just keep moving up. And you know, my understanding is, you know, you do your human thing, graduate to these subtle levels, and finally you get back to unity and you're back one with the universe again. And when, when all the parts have finally run their journeys and everything is back to unity, then Okay, one universe done. Let's learn a little bit and then pop out a new universe. And the law of one says there have been an infinite number of universes before this one. There will be an infinite number after. You know, the creator always has to have something to do. So that's my best understanding of yeah. it.
1: No, thank you, thank you for sharing that. So, um, yeah, I'm fam- I'm a little familiar with the law of one. I read a, f- a few parts of it like many years ago, but it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's definitely very you know interesting it talks it there's like many i don't remember how many books there are of the loved one there's like well uh, they've
0: they've got it down to two books now they've they've reformated and now there's audio books and there's a book that explains the terms it's it's it it has its own language you know at first it's a little tricky because the being they're channeling called raw you know he he speaks like a postdoctorate you know fellow you know he has very Mm -hmm. clear phrasings and at first why is he saying you know mind body spirit complex when he could just say human but eventually you understand why raw is using that level of specific languaging, you know? Mm. So anyhow, but you know, those are nuances. And, uh, and again, I need to emphasize again, I think the law of one stuff is amazing and it's totally not required that you get into that at all. If you want to do the invocations, the, the pull point of the invocations is they're simple. They're clear. Anybody can do them. You don't have to study a thing. You don't have to understand mm-hmm. how they work. If you just say the seven or eight words and relax, they should work. Yeah.
1: And it doesn't really, I mean, people can, you know, it doesn't matter the technicalities at the end of the day. It's a higher thing that's benevolent that's here to help us, you know,
0: whether it's, yeah, it's, or like not. it's you know, it's, you it's know. you one level up. And, and this gets yeah. into the, the challenge with these discussions is we get into paradox. Am I me? Am I, or am I higher self? Or am I both? And it's all true. So the the question for me is what are you aware of? What's your actual reality? If your perception is I am a human and my higher self seems like a separate being to me, then you have to relate to it as a separate being. If you've awakened enough that you've merged with your higher self, and you are a a complete, you know, seamless human higher self hybrid, then you are the higher self running the human, and you are, and you're functioning from the higher self perspective. And ultimately, I guess you get back to oneness and where where that I am all that is, and I am conscious as all that is. So, you know, reality is relative based on your consciousness and your, and your perspective. So you get into these levels, it's all paradox, you know, it's all different truths can be active depending on the level of consciousness you're coming from. There are relative truths and then there's absolute truth. I hope that's, that's somewhat clear. Yeah, cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I, I, uh, I appreciate that very much. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I call it the Holy Spirit. Which I also consider to be a higher self. Oh yeah. You know, so I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't really matter the terms or anything. We still are so far from understanding it. It's infinite. It's like so beyond us anyway that doesn't really kind of, in my opinion, matters too much. What you, the point is that it's something that's more powerful than us that can assist us. Yeah. And that's really the bottom line of it, right? So anybody can name it whatever they want. This, yeah. you know, yeah, I'll
0: yeah. tell you know, my experience in the inner worlds has been, um, these beings are not that picky about them. We humans get all caught up in names and formal address and protocols and, and the higher beings really don't much care about that. Um, in my book, I even make a joke about it. I say, it's like, it says, I don't care what you call me. Just don't call me late for dinner. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to call your higher self, your guardian angel, Jesus, whatever being you want to call on, it will happily come and do these things for you.
1: Yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so, um, no, that's really interesting. So, so, um, so, let's see here. I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, let me go through the notes here. So, we've talked about a lot about the invocation itself. Um, so... Okay, well, we've basically covered a lot of uh, topics. Let's talk about shamanism a little bit. Uh, Tell us about, you know, what it means to you, what is the practice of it? Because I imagine there's many types of shamans. Oh, my God,
0: thousands, yeah. Yeah. Um, Shamanism, you know, pretty much every indigenous culture that arose on this planet had some form of shamanism. And my understanding of the basic function of a shaman is they intervene with the, you know, supernatural forces the celestial forces on behalf of people or their village or you know on behalf of those on earth they act as the conduit to bring the energy through Um, and that can look everything from traditional indigenous practices to you know the shamanism i do is is very different you know i you know neo-shamanism urban shamanism whatever you want you know i just I actually have become kind of a very passive shaman because I used, when I was doing it years ago, I would do a lot of rattling and singing and I would always have this thing I would do. But uh, now I just, you know, I'd say, okay, well, I call in tons of divine beings and I have my group of allies. I always work with, I call in my clients, allies and such, and we got an amazing team. And you know, what I've learned is Benjamin can't do this stuff nearly as well as these amazing beings can. So we get clear on what the client wants and, and I have them invoke what they're asking for from the allies. And you, and most of the time, honestly, I just sit there and energy comes through and I just watch it happen. I'm more of the color commentator than the one making it happen. And if that person is receiving their highest good and, and often, you know, I've, you've probably heard the old, you know, saying, well, if you teach someone to fish, if you hand someone a fish, they'll eat for a day. But if you teach them how to fish, they'll eat the rest of their life. And I'm all about empowering the client because every human has access to the same stuff a shaman does. You know, all humans are connected to this stuff. And if I can teach them, well, you can call in your own awakening. You can call in your own healing. You know, let me show you how and let me watch you do it. And I can sort of supervise them. I, I'm super empathic and you know, I can tell what's happening in their inner experience because I feel it echoed in me. And I can, you know, track very closely what's happening, give them suggestions on how to do it better. And and if they're stuck and I need to intervene, by yeah, I'll rattle and I'll sing and I'll be proactive if I have to. Um, but what I've learned is that usually I can just sit and watch the allies take care of it and, and make sure it's all happening. And I want to always empower the client to let you know, Hey, you can do this for yourself. You can often shamanize yourself and you don't need to come to me or anyone else to help you out. Um, now again, if someone is stuck or, you know, they're in a really tough spot, yes, another human intervention is good. Um, that's also by the way, why I created awakening plus which is a one-to-many system where someone for a very small amount of money can get in there and receive all these, you know, courses. And, you know, by the time this airs there will be over six hundred events in our archive. There's a best of guide to to get the the particular flavor of event they want, whether something really calm or really intense or whatever flavor they're looking for, so that they can receive the benefit either live or on our Zoom calls or through the archive events, you know, to get the juice they need. Um and of course we also do lots of events where the members come together and we have a community that we it's all online so you can do it from anywhere but you have community support you have your individual support and as much as I can I'm trying to go from just one to one which is a limited number of people to you know I want to help a lot of people so through coming on podcasts like this through the awakening plus membership I really want to help people to the maximum possible degree cuz you know, the world's in a really hard place right now, and a lot of people really need healing and awakening. And, you know, most are not aware that it can be as easy as it can be. So wow. I'm really just trying to help folks.
1: No, I mean, that's amazing. Something that's easy, effective. I mean, what else? What more do you want, right? I mean, it's pretty much as, well, as good hopefully. as it gets, right?
0: Yeah, you can put it out there, and, you know, it'll work for some and not for others. But for those who feel intrigued, they can check it out. You know,
1: Yeah, no, that's awesome. So um, we've talked about so you've you've done nearly 300 um, ayahuasca and San Pedro ceremonies.
0: Uh, over uh, well, actually ayahuasca, over. San Pedro, and and mushrooms. Yeah,
1: wow. So so I mean that's a huge amount. Um, some people are are worried about you know having brain damage or whatever from from these types of you know medicines. Um, mm-hmm. why do people have problems? Some people have, is it because of the too much of a dose? Is it the setting? Um, how can oh, people be more Oh, that's a really
0: deep subject. Um, it might be, mm-hmm. there are some people, you know, there are certain contraindications for ayahuasca specifically and San Pedro, mm-hmm. for example, you can't do it if you're taking antidepressants. Um, mm-hmm. so for some people, for whatever reason, psychologically, physically, it's not a good match. Um, it might be more helpful, though, for me to speak about how it's helped me and why would I keep doing this after doing it so long? Because I've been doing these these plant spirit teachers for over 17 years and I'm now past 300 ceremonies. Um, so it's been mostly ayahuasca, a fair number of San Pedro, and and quite a few mushroom ceremonies too. Um, and I my favorite is ayahuasca, and that's the one I work with most regularly. Uh, and I'm not a I'm not a facilitator. I don't do my own facilitation. I go to a shaman who's really good these days and work with him in a group. Um, So what ayahuasca does for me that I can't seem to do for myself, um, you know, one of my catchphrases is a level of consciousness cannot comprehend or imagine a level beyond itself. You know, uh, five years ago, I could not have imagined the level I'm in now. And with any luck, five years from now, I'll be at a level that the current Benjamin couldn't have imagined either. You know, my motto has become it always gets better than this because there's infinite openings to deeper awakenings. What ayahuasca does for me that Benjamin cannot do for himself is she can see what's the next layer of gunk, of trauma, of darkness that's blocking my next awakening. And when I go into ceremony, uh, most of the time, instead of asking for a ter- I say, Mama, have your way with me. You know what I need better than I do. Because <laughs> she's so smart. And, and I go in there and she will... Like the last time I did ceremony, I spent probably five hours, you know, purging out this, I mean, this root went, it felt like it went down for miles, just this dark root of just all this, I don't even know what it was, but we finally got the thing pulled out and cleared and I felt so much more awake afterwards, but time after time, she'll see what's in the way. I will, in my ceremony, I will do the, the shaking or purging or sweating or whatever I need to do to clear the stuff that's in the way. And then once it's cleared, it either flushes out or it transmutes to love and light. And i whoa, I am more awake than I've ever been. Like, major opening. And so what she does is she gets me cleared of whatever's in the way of the next awakening. She opens me to the next one. And then it's my job to stabilize it. You can do a ceremony and have the world's greatest breakthrough. But if you don't nurture it, it can fade away. So then, it's your daily practice, and and I'll uh, you know the shaman I work with says, okay, is there one small practice you can begin that will solidify or deepen the breakthrough you got? So just do something to uh, to solidify, and and so what I try to do, ayahuasca takes me deeper, then I stabilize that as my new normal, and that's just an endless process, you know, always more awake, always more healed, and I feel you know this is important for me if I'm going to be out there saying I'm helping people awaken and heal, then it's on me to keep going up the ladder because I need to stay ahead of everybody, right? (laughs) At least now there's plenty ahead of me who don't need my help. I could probably be helped by them. But the ones who are not yet where I'm at, I can help them at least get as far as I've got. So that's why I'm very motivated to keep healing, keep awakening, because I want to always increase my service capacity. Plus, it just feels amazing. You know, here I am, 63 years old, and a lot of people are kind of feeling tired and worn out. And I'm feeling just all this vitality and excitement. And, you know, it just, you know, in terms of consciousness, you know, every year is the best year of my life so far. Because every year on my birthday, I'm more awake than I was a year before. And I don't see any reason why that should ever stop. And ayahuasca and the related, you know, ayahuasca is my my main uh, partner. But I've had amazing breakthroughs with San Pedro and mushrooms as well. Um, ayahuasca and San Pedro, are probably the two, those are called master plant spirit teachers. They're really powerful and they're tremendously wonderful for me. So, uh, so that's um, now I, I will give this caution because a lot of people are hearing more and more about Ayahuasca. A lot of celebrities have done it and stuff. Uh, what I will say is it is not recreational, <laughs> please. Um, if you are not ready and willing to face the most horrible challenging trauma you've ever had for hours on end with no way out but through do not drink this medicine it can be you know really grueling if she brings something up to heal and she's going to keep your nose in it till you're done all right so if you're just coming in for a good time do something else but if you're if you if you're to the point say, okay i'm willing to do whatever it takes to heal and awaken i'm that motivated and that ready then you might be ready for ayahuasca if there's no other contraindications. So it's very powerful medicine not to be taken lightly, but if it's your thing, uh, you know, I've found, you know, for me, it's been just the game changer. I couldn't have got these invocations or be sharing this book and all the stuff I'm doing and this membership without the help she's given me. I wouldn't have been nearly conscious enough to do what I'm doing.
1: Wow. So somebody that does not want to do, you know, any type of medicine, spiritual medicine, they can do everything with the invocations?
0: Well, they can do a lot. I, actually, I addressed it at the end of the book. Um, mm-hmm. I, I say it's as if um, what I do find is when people do the invocations, they often will have healings that are similar to what a person might experience in an ayahuasca ceremony. Now, not the level of just full-on intensity. that You get that. These are much gentler, typically. They can be intense, but nothing like ayahuasca intense. So I'm, mm-hmm. just to be clear, I'm not saying these invocations are anywhere near as powerful as doing ayahuasca. They're not. okay. However, mm-hmm. I have seen similar healings and awakenings from the invocations. Remember, they came from ayahuasca. They carry mm-hmm. some of her energy in them. Mm. Okay. You might think of it as, I I almost want to say ayahuasca light, but you know, it's a rough analogy. What I can say is you can have powerful healings and awakenings from the invocations, just doing those, nothing else. Okay. Um, and you can have, be moving in the same direction as ayahuasca would have taken you, probably not as fast, probably not as intensely, but, uh, but they can be very helpful. And since there's something you can do every day, they take almost no time or effort. They're quick. They're easy. You can routinize them. You know, it's a beautiful, to safe. Have, you know, yeah, there's no contraindications, you know, so nothing can go wrong, basically. They do similar things, but in different ways, you might say.
1: Nice, nice. well I like that. I think, uh, you know, whatever somebody feels drawn to, um, and uh, I personally feel that I would prefer the gentler path than mm-hmm. the intense, but that's just me. Yeah. you know, I, I'm a you Know, I'm, I'm very cautious of all types of you know plants. This, that I know it's medicine, sure. but but I think you know, if there's something that can give me something like that and does not have any potential at all for like a negative side effect or a bad trip, then you know, I'm gonna take that one, even if it's like a little slower. That's me,
0: yeah, cool. But well, uh, the invocations might be just your thing, then if they work for you,
1: yeah, I, I'm I so yeah, I mean, let's get into the invocations. I'm very excited to to uh do them uh anybody listening can also um uh, well i'll let you guide us but, okay. uh, so
0: uh, would for, it be uh, okay because you know yeah. some people might uh, oh they're gonna do something I'll, I'll just stop listening right now would it be okay if i just mentioned the primary um, versus first before we get into the experiential part
1: right sorry i forgot about it yeah no worries yeah okay. so please so, uh,
0: um if people just want one place to go to check out what I'm talking about, it's astroshaman.com. That's a s t r o s h a m a n.com. Everything I'm talking about is linked from there. If they're specifically interested in that membership I have, then they should go to awakeningplus.com. Awakening p l u s.com. Um, and one other thing, worth the specific mention, there is this free course on my site where I teach the invocations for embodied awakening and healing and how to integrate them into daily practice. And that is astroshaman.com slash invocations. Um, and probably yes. the final, I, I'm sorry, I have a lot of stuff. The probably thing, the final, if they want to check my book out, just go to Amazon and search for instant divine assistance. Uh, please make sure the author is Benjamin Bernstein there's a pirated version up there someone put up there I can't get Amazon to take it down so make sure it's instantly oh by Benjamin Bernstein and they can get it again as a paperback hardback ebook or audiobook and that covers awesome. all the and stuff a to Z yeah
1: and I'm gonna put everything in the show notes oh thank you still thank it's you. good for people to hear it because sometimes I want to type it in the moment and uh, just one more time tell us your Main uh, website. Uh, so again, somebody has
0: great. Again, I, yeah, astroshaman.com.
1: Astroshaman.com. Perfect. All right. So um, I guess we're ready for for the invocation.
0: Okay. Cool. All right. So if it's possible to, I'll, I'll be guiding both you, David, and the listeners through this at the same time. So mm-hmm. um, if it's possible to give us your undivided attention for the next five to ten minutes, that's optimal. You'll have a better experience so uh in fact if you're at a point where you are otherwise occupied it might be good to pause right now and just come back and and kick play again when you can give it your full attention for five or ten minutes okay so assuming you can do that here we go so please close your eyes and just get the general feeling of how your body feels just a somatic awareness of the body overall And then if you have awareness of your energy body in and around you, people call it prana, chi, tingling, life force, whatever. If you have that energy awareness, notice how much of that is there as well. And just have an experience of that. So you're feeling your physical body, your energy body. You're just getting your baseline to start. And we'll check in on this again after the process. And again, this won't take but a few minutes. Okay. So now you're going to speak to your, oh, the, the, the little bit I have to say first, uh, again, as I said earlier, it's like your body's a car. Your ego is going to voluntarily move to the passenger seat. Your higher self is going to drive. If for any reason you don't like your higher self driving, you can say, I'm back behind the wheel. Just bang, you're there. The higher self's already left and your ego can resume its control in its prior state instantly. There's no risk. There's no danger. It's instantly reversible. So, So you can try it on and see what you think. Again, the benefits are there's more harmony, flow, ease and grace, everything you're responsible for, you do more responsibly and more joyfully. There's less having to figure stuff out and more just knowing things intuitively. And there's also more euphoria throughout your body. That's why you'd wanna do it in the first place. Okay, so let's actually do it. We're about to speak to the higher self. And there's just eight words we're gonna say. In fact, I'm gonna preview them before we actually, you don't have to memorize, but we're about to say, Maximum Embodied Awakening that Serves Highest Good Please. And now let's do it for real. I'll lead you through it. Uh, do it out loud if can you, you can. Verbally? Okay. I will give it in a second. Um, I'll do a repeat after me. But do this out loud if you can, silently if you must. So let's do it right now. Maximum Embodied Awakening.
1: Maximum Embodied Awakening.
0: That Serves Highest Good Please.
1: That Serves Highest Good Please.
0: That's all the words, let them go. Now your only job is to become completely passive. If you feel energy coming into your body, your only task is to feel it coming in passively. If you do not feel it, that's okay. Just feel your breath come and go on its own. Please, no breath control. So you're either passively feeling the incoming energy. If you can't feel that, you're just passively feeling your breath doing its thing. While you're doing this, I encourage you not to do any of the following. No effort, no willpower, no trying to make anything happen, no stopping anything from happening, no deliberate visualizing or imagining, just passive feeling of energy or breath. At some moment, you may realize that you got distracted, and that means your attention is anywhere other than feeling energy or breath. If you notice that, gently return to the feeling again, just feeling energy or feeling breath. If the distraction remains in the background, that's fine. Let it be there. Just don't focus on it. Put your attention on feeling energy or breath. And the final little nuance, if you have space for it, is to discover what's the least effort needed to even feel energy or breath. I call this the minimum effort game. And let's start the game By actually dropping to no effort at all so right now just relax to zero just exist whatever happens is fine so for a moment just be so if at zero effort you still have awareness of energy or breath stay at zero If you've lost it, add back barely enough effort to feel energy or breath. You're fine-tuning what's the least effort I can use to feel this. The less effort you use, the more space you leave for your higher self to do its thing for you. Um, Now, I'm wondering, David, if you've already hit Embodied Awakening. So the way you do, it's a checklist. If you can say yes to all four items, you're there. So let me ask you, David, if you're there at this moment. Is all the following true right now? No mental chatter, no challenging emotion, peaceful and effortless. Yes or no? No. No? No. Okay, so which one is there?
1: A little mental chatter.
0: Okay, so leave a moment longer. So go back into just, are you feeling energy at all? Yeah. Okay, so just go back to feeling the energy and just put your attention on that. Um, drop to the least effort needed to feel that. And I think for you, try zero, just go to nothing. So let's check in again. Yes or no to all the following, no mental chatter, no challenging emotion, peaceful, effortless. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So David's there and you dear listener check for yourself. Again, if you got all the way there, fantastic, yay. Um, but even if you just got partway there, I like to say awakening isn't an on-off switch, it's a dimmer control. <laughs> just infinite level. So even if you just got a little less mental chatter, a little less challenging emotion, a little more peaceful, that's a step in the right direction, and it can always go deeper. So the final uh, phase of the, of the invocation process is I like to open the eyes and look around a little bit. So uh, Dave, if you would, and anyone else? Open your eyes, look around the space you're in and just engage with your space for a moment and if you got to a modern awakening ask yourself am I still there with my eyes open is it all still true no mental chatter no challenging emotion peaceful effortless is that true for your day with your eyes open
1: I think yeah I think yes
0: good beautiful okay so again it's I mean most people I lead through this get there through this process Mm. and you know it may be some people say wow that's the best I've ever felt or they say yeah I've been here before but I didn't know how to get back here reliably okay so just know that however good it feels, it's just a step off the starting line compared to what's possible. You know, in my opinion, however awake you may be, there's no way to know how much more awake you could be. You know, how much more amazing your life could get, how much more powerful and helpful your service could become. You know, how you could grow into, you know, you know living a life that is magnificent in what you're doing and how you're relating. Just that blows away your current reality, even if your current reality is the best you can conceive. So I'm a huge fan of always deepen the awakening, um, do the healing. You know, we're not going to do the healing invocation here. But again, that's just maximum healing that serves highest good please, followed by passive awareness of wherever it doesn't feel good. And then if you just passively watch the highest, I'll get in there, start up and flush it out. It's really simple too. So uh, if these tools, again, assuming they work for you, again, in my experience, they do work for the vast majority, but if they're not your thing, then go find something else that works better. And if this is your thing for a while and something better shows up, do that instead. I'm, I'm a big fan. Don't get stuck on a particular path or teacher. Get get really attached to deepening your healing and awakening and do whatever in the moment is working best for that.
1: No, I definitely feel uh, much more peaceful, much more relaxed.
0: Cool. It worked. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, I'm so glad. Well, you, you act as a surrogate for your listeners, so you getting there, David, actually probably helped everyone else on this podcast to get there more easily. So thank you for that service to them.
1: No, thanks to you. So I'm curious because, you know, nowadays everybody's all about, well, it's hard times as well, but
0: mm-hmm. which
1: one, is there an invocation for, you know, wealth, uh, prosperity, you know?
0: Actually, so I address that specifically in the book. Uh, there's a section where I talk about uh, law of attraction and the okay. invocations so to be clear law of attraction usually is about making a physical change in the outer world outer circumstances change in some way mm-hmm. whereas the invocations are more specialized for energetic shifts healing awakening mm-hmm. different consciousness however it is a frequent occurrence that someone's doing law of attraction it's not showing up like they want it and it's because they have trauma or parts inside them that are resisting it they have internal mm-hmm. blocks and what these invocations can do to assist your law of attraction work is to do an invocation specifically to clear obstacles to your law of attraction manifestation. And I actually give those in the book and I, uh, you know, the exact phrase is not, you could say, uh, maximum healing of any obstacles to my law of attraction manifestation that serves highest good at the fastest rate that serves highest good starting now. Thank you. Something like that would help. And then if you follow that up with just relaxing and Healing, you know, in other words, there you've just kind of given your higher self carte blanche to clear whatever's in the way. You may have no idea what's in the way. Uh, and that's a form of what I call a next in line healing invocation where you're just asking for the healing you need, but you're not quite sure what it is. You don't have to know, frankly. So if you do, okay, clear out whatever's in the way of my law of attraction manifestation, and then you relax and feel inside, you'll feel the energy going into certain areas and stirring it up. And usually uh, healing invocation works in two phases. The uh, first phase is let's let's stir up and loosen up the heavy congealed stuff that's been in the way energetically, and then it will usually flush away. And most people experience the flushing out their hands or their feet. It can leave other ways too, but that's the most common. It goes down to Mother Earth. She happily takes it from you and transmutes it. And then you just wait until that's flushed. And it could be just the one round, but sometimes it's okay. That was round one. Now, that, oh, the energy is starting to stir stuff up again. And and the healing implication may do a number of rounds of stuff. You know, get stirred up and flushed away. And again, the higher self, as I said earlier, it will not overwhelm. And i okay, yeah, you got a big old clump of stuff there. That's probably too much for one round. Let's just take as much as we can clear with reasonable comfort on round one, flush it away. And if it looks like you're still okay, we'll take out some more. And of course, you can just say stop at any point and shut the thing down and you can pick it up later. That's the great thing about a healing invocation too. You can be partway through a process. You get interrupted. You have to stop. Fine, put it on pause. I'll come back and I'll pick it up again later and we'll pick up where we left off. So they're very flexible. too. Mm,
1: and do do uh what type of sensations for example right now I felt something kind of in my throat. Uh-huh. It was like almost like a pain but almost it was a weird feeling.
0: Okay. Is uh, it there? Because... Sorry? Is it still there?
1: No, it just kind of went. Okay. Well, strange. that
0: was an example of some kind of heavy energy that got cleared.
1: And mm. there's
0: all kinds of interesting transient phenomena that start happening when you do healing healing work. Um, Now, again, what we called in was not a healing. As I said earlier, I mentioned you call in the the embodied awakening vocation. Sometimes it's trying to come and say, well, we got this heavy stuff in the way. I can't get all the way in. And it may have to do a little mini healing and flush some heavy stuff away in order to fulfill your request of embodied awakening. Um, Got it. It doesn't happen most of the time in my experience, but it can happen. So that thing clearing from your neck was there was some kind of heavy energy in the way. Your higher self took it out. And by the way, you don't have to know what those things are. Uh, Most of my big healings have actually been anonymous. I felt a lot of heavy energy flushing away and had no idea what it was. And I've actually interviewed many clients about this too. And what I've discovered is you need not have the faintest clue about what that stuff was. And you can still have a permanent and final healing. If you need to know, your higher self will pop into thought or an image about it and inform you. Otherwise, just say, hey better not to know I'll just move on and not have that burden my thoughts i got better things to think it's just it's just <laughs> garbage it's
1: just no, there's no need to uh so so people that do it um is, what are maybe some common feelings so that they if they feel something or experience something they don't get freaked out what are, can you tell us like a few things that are the
0: most common you know things people experience are you talking about do in do the, the context of an embodied awakening or a healing process
1: uh yeah both in general with
0: the invocations? Um, with a healing invocation, um, the the best I can describe it is you're aware of the energy focusing in an area. There's a sense of stuff getting stirred up or loosened. There might be pain. Uh, it could be emotional pain. It could be physical pain. Uh, it's just I, I just say discomfort of some kind is the broadest stroke I can give to it. Mm. Uh, what I can guarantee is it will never overwhelm. I've literally never in all these 12 plus years with thousands of people have had anybody report overwhelm of any kind with these invocations. Your higher self won't do that to you. Okay. So your job is to sit with the discomfort. And then again, usually they'll feel it kind of stirring up. They'll, if they have any inner awareness, I feel stuff flushing out my hands, out my feet, both, or sometimes it goes up out of the top of your head, you know, it'll leave, however, the best way is it for it to go. And your job is just to sit there and feel the discomfort. And, um, Since you asked about particular experience, there is a wonderful uh, process that happens as a healing invocation progresses. At first, you're just aware of the unpleasant stuff flushing out. And it doesn't feel good, but you know, it's not also there's no suffering. You know, it's it's manageable, it's not too much. And after a bit, you'll feel, well, you know what? I'm actually starting to feel some nice energy around the edges, starting to feel kind of nice at the perimeter. And then the perimeter of what? Of your body, like around the edges of your body, a little bit of nice energy out there, you know. And then you'll discover, okay, the 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 unpleasant energy is starting to 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 go down. If I, if it started as like an eight out of ten, maybe it's down to a seven or a six or a five now, and that that good energy that's coming up to one, two, three, and eventually they cross. And while you're still in the healing process, you know I feel more euphoria than challenge now. Um, and most of the time during a healing round, most of the way through, they'll say, you know what, my body feels more like energy than physical matter. I feel like a being of light. I know it's my body, but it feels like light. It feels really good. It's blissful. Wow. And then, you know, by the time they're done, in many cases, the heavy energy will be completely gone. It'll be down to zero. And they'll say, "Wow, I'm actually in an altered state. I'm in a state of euphoria. I feel like I just took some wonderful drug and all the side effects are positive and life affirming. And I'm functioning better with everything I do because of this. And, and that's the typical arc of a healing round. Um, If it didn't, if you didn't get down to zero, you can call another healing round. And and the the additional rounds are like much faster. Typically, if that first round took like 10 minutes to heal, then the second round might take a minute or two. And if you need additional rounds, they're usually even faster. Just kind of cleaning up, kind of like the the, the cleanup work kind of stuff. So Mm -hmm. the higher self I've, you know, and I've literally, you know, I've worked with people who just chose to work on the worst trauma of their lives. It's dogged them for decades and i've had people say wow i did one good healing round and i can't find the trauma anymore i wow. think of all the thoughts you trigger triggered and i'm i can remember the event but i'm feeling no emotional charge at all now you really yeah i cannot guarantee everyone will have this experience some people do some don't but don't put a limit on what your higher self can do for you if your highest good is served to have a rapid clearing of that trauma and you want to be done with it. That can happen. I've seen it happen many times. I've also had a client or two who tried it and it did nothing for them at all. So you have to just say, I want to try it and see what my experience is. But you know, given that it, it costs nothing and given that it's quick and easy and you'll know very rapidly if it works for you or not. Um, and again, since it's all done for you, there's no effort really. You just have to sit and feel what's happening. You know, it's, it's the quickest, easiest tool I know, which is why I'm so excited about sharing it. <laughs> and if some people are interested, they give it a shot and, and see what happens. And if they, they want to communicate to me, they're welcome to email me at Benjamin at astroshaman.com. I'm happy to correspond with them. They can also there's also communication for the website, whatever. So you can tell I'm super enthusiastic. I'm also really biased. I love these tools. And if of someone's course. hearing this and they think, Yeah, maybe it's worth a trial, check it out. Great. And if you say this guy sounds like he's insane, I'm go do something else. It's okay. We all have our <laughs> paths to follow, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just want to, I just want to touch briefly on what you said about how to know if it's if something got healed because I really find that fascinating because I've mm-hmm. done like some forgiveness practices uh, that you know are like quantum for, forgiveness and and um, and it's it's exactly like you said when you let's say for me there was a point in my life that I had like a business and my business partner you know, basically ripped me off mm. and I had so much pain attached to anything that was related to money at all. Yeah. So I would walk outside and I see like a, this cost $7, everything that had money. And you can imagine it's everything. Oh yeah. It reminded me of that trauma because it hurts so much. Mm-hmm. And I just did a lot of uh, forgiveness work, uh, quantum forgiveness. And, and then suddenly it's like that, not it doesn't get triggered and that's like wow i actually healed it so that's when you know mm-hmm. it's real you know it's not just some type of if you have a trauma and then every time you think about it you get sad or something and then suddenly you do you know an invocation or any type of spiritual work and you think about the thing and you feel nothing
0: mm-hmm. that
1: means that it's healed
0: that's correct so it's cool no,
1: actually you cool know that that there's a weird test
0: I, ac- I actually have a caveat on that you know i address that in the mm-hmm. book too i say you know um if you've done healing like there's a form of the healing invocation where you specifically call up a trauma you want to work on. And you specifically remember it as vividly as you can, and then you call the healing invocation and let your higher self take care of it if it can. And I said I just okay, zero to ten, how intense is it? Say, oh it's a nine or a ten, it's so strong, right? And we'll do the work and I'll say, okay, now what's your think I say let's check our work after the process is completed. I want you to bring back the exact same memory you used to bring it up make it as vivid as you can. And they say, okay, I'm there. I say, okay, what's your emotional trigger level? They say, I'm feeling no zero. I'm feeling no challenging emotions at all as I remember this. And then I say, okay, now there's two possibilities. One is what you just said. It's fully and finally healed, but there is a second possibility. We have an unconscious and we have no way of knowing what is in there. And I say, it's possible there is more of that trauma stored in there, but until that first layer got healed, it could not come up into your consciousness so a second possibly more could come up later and i say if so there's nothing to worry about you just showed you can heal it using this invocation if more comes up pull the same in healing invocation again and are the next layer and then you'll wake up some more. You'll feel a really great onion and, and your consciousness will go even deeper. So it, it totally reframes you know, challenges. Whatever challenge comes to you, it's actually an awakening opportunity. How cool is that? I love you that. We I mean... catalyst and we can make it grist for the mill and use it to wake up some more. I love it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, and this experience, just I want to tell the people, the experience I had of you know forgiving the situation, it wasn't like a once, I didn't just do it once, it was like, I did it many times, mm-hmm. so it's, I guess it's normal that sometimes healing, you know, you kind of do it in layers and layers. It's not just one second, boom, all of it. Is, I mean, it can happen, I guess, but
0: yeah. at least for me,
1: it's gradual. You kind right. of keep going until you don't feel the pain anymore really right. to that. At least that's how yeah.
0: it And happens. again, I can't guarantee if they use the healing invocation as their modality, how long that would take. But I, I just have had a lot of people who literally cleared a lifetime of trauma and, and if it's clear to go, it can go. And again, that's not a guarantee. I mean, to emphasize that really strongly, it might take several rounds, but I have seen people have a healing and say, I can't believe that that's gone. I just assumed that was going to be me the rest of my life and I, I'm really not triggered. So you know, I'm not, I'm not making an impossible promise. I've seen it happen. but. So,
1: I'm uh-huh.